0: Good day and welcome, inspired listeners. I'm Stacy Fleece here once again with Samantha Tredelius. Samantha, looking good today. You know what? Good day, Stacy. Red, red lipstick
1: on a on a Monday. It's, it's all on a good. Any Monday. You know what? I'm doing everything I can to hold it together at this point.
0: Well, we are moving into the holidays, so it's just going to get worse. Yeah, true, true. The the tricks are going to have to get pulled out. Um, I am excited today because honestly, anything, uh, anything financial that we can geek out on, I'm all about, uh, and this one is near and dear to my heart because, um, in my profession, I see a pretty full financial picture of all my clients and, uh, there are so many that don't, uh, in my opinion, participate in uh, estate planning the way they should, um, I I mean very, very high majority of people that don't have estate planning done, don't have their estate planning in order. Uh, and to me, this is a huge miss for a lot of people.
1: Don't have their shit together. Let's just put it oh. mildly. Oh,
0: yes. Okay. Let's just say it like it is. Um, so super excited to have with us today Ali Echebeher. Ali, how are you? Hi, Stacey. I'm good. Thank
2: you guys so much for having me.
0: You are also wearing um, a
1: power red lip just for those listeners that can't see us.
0: Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, It is, it's, it's a rainy Monday power red lip day. Um, Okay. So seriously, you know, it, it being, being a mortgage advisor, I get, you know, the full open, the full kimono of your financial picture because you have to. So I see everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and honestly, I think it is probably in the range of 80 to 85% of my clients that do not have trusts. And I assume if you don't have a trust, you probably don't have a will. I don't ask you about a will, cause that's not part of my gig, but a lot of times they go hand in hand. So I'm assuming they don't. It's, it is really shocking to me how many grownups don't address this, especially grownups with kids. Um, and I, uh, I'd love to know your thoughts, uh, as professional attorney you are, who deal with this daily, um, why is that? Why am I seeing eighty to eighty-five percent of the world out there not dealing with this? Why don't they have estate plans?
2: I think it's a loaded question. I mean, obviously, by the time I'm seeing people, this is what they're coming to me for. Um, I think there are several things at play. I think people don't like to go talk about this stuff. A lot of times they don't want to be charged for making these decisions. So it's hard for them to want to go and pay someone to talk about. I think Samantha had said it previously, like morbid things, right? What happens when I die? Yeah, let no me problem. pay you
0: to determine what happens with my stuff when I'm not here to enjoy it any longer. Right. Yeah. I think okay.
2: So many of us too associate it with being older, right? Like these are things that our parents had to do, or our grandparents have done. And like, as we approach, you know, different stages of life, you don't realize that if something happens, yeah, things, you know, you can't, you don't know when the big day is coming and you, you want to have something in play, at least even, even something small, even a conversation can help get wheels turning and get assets in the right hands. Um, so I think, I think A lot of times I see, I'd say most of our clients are at the age of having young children. Um, And I think that's kind of a reflection of where we are in our lives as well. I have, we bought a practice a long time ago, so we do have a chunk of clients that are older and we're doing more like maintenance on their, their stuff. But I think, I think for all of those reasons, we don't see people really wanting to jump in to an estate planning appointment.
0: Um, so anything you talk about where people are doing it because they're getting older, just for the record, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot relate in any way. Yeah, to get not it. It. Just but, Okay. So, but don't
1: you think too, like, I, I think that some people maybe think that, Hey, maybe I don't have, you know, a lot of assets or maybe this doesn't apply to me, but like, if you own a property or you're involved in a business or you do have small kids and any assets, if you were to pass, I mean, the, the fiasco that gets created, even with a small estate, you know, it's huge. And there are so many easy ways to protect yourself. And it doesn't have to be super intense and expensive, right?
0: Correct. What is the fiasco if you don't have anything? Like what what fiasco is created? Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Let's
2: talk about it. So basically, the way that assets transfer from one person to another or to, another, to multiple people is through... Intest like intestacy. So it's like the, there is a law. If you don't have a will or a trust, how your assets will go. If you have not specified who you want to have your things, the law in California assumes that you want it to go to your children. If you don't have children, then it assumes you would want them to go to your parents. If your parents are no longer alive, it goes to siblings. And so it kind of is like this tree, the intestacy tree. Um with that, though, it needs to be supervised by a court. So the whole process is uh, a probate and it's a lengthy process. It's a public process. It's a, a an expensive process. Attorneys fees are set out by statute. Um, and then that's not even taking into consideration costs of random things that come up, appraisals, um, who's doing all of this work. It's going to fall on some family members or, or you know, people they're not going to get paid for it it's going to be an involved situation um and in the case of having minor children you know you are really not able to specify what you want to happen to your children so you can imagine a single person a single mother with small children it's for those kids she's gonna have no control um again the law does take do its best to take care of of children i mean that's I know you have probably talked to other people who have more experience with that, particularly in family law arenas. But the law does its best to take care of children. But what if the what the law wants and what you want are completely at odds? Um, so estate planning uh, really aims to cater to an individual's wishes. Without the plan, you cannot guarantee that that will happen.
0: So in maybe not doing this because you don't want to talk to an attorney and you don't want to pay those fees. What I'm hearing is if you don't have it, it probably costs you exponentially more when you start getting into probate and all the fees involved with that.
2: Right. Exactly. I mean, we know, like I said, that we are all going to die. We know that our assets have to get from one person to another. So do we want to plan ahead or do we want to just not? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> or do we just want to pretend like we're not gonna die right and that's like, an option
1: being a person who did not have my shit together until like my oldest was like five which is shocking i know and like slapped me across the face um but i was always like oh my god like i don't want to deal with it or you know i don't know or oh my parents can just handle it and then my parents you know they're getting older and like what happens if you know i don't know maybe they don't want that burden or that responsibility. And so then you got to start asking like some pretty important questions like as a couple. And I met with Allie and her wonderful husband and decided it was time to grow up and get my stuff together. And it was like a non intense process. Like we literally just had a conversation. We talked about what we wanted to do. And within like three weeks I had a trust and a will and I felt like a grown up. So personal testimony there. Girlfriend. (laughs) Thank you.
2: Yeah, it's again, it's a conversation. We talk about what we own. And just on that point, um, Samantha, when you first emailed me about doing this podcast, I thought I started really thinking about what advice I have, particularly for women. And I think the every I have like three or four little like tidbits, but they're all under this umbrella of knowing what you own. And then my like footnote to that would be know the character of that asset. So, you know, whether it's community property or separate property. Um, And those things I talk about with clients all the time um, because the law does treat community property differently than separate property. And so, you know, knowing what we own, knowing the character of our property can help us have a conversation. And that's pretty much as intense as it needs to be. Obviously, there's always situations where there's blended families or there's a child with a drug abuse problem or something like that, where, where things need to be a little bit more spelled out. But, um, and, and again, that's not to say it's an un or a less pleasant or more complicated conversation. It's just, you know, it's more of a conversation. Um, so during our meetings, we talk about what we own and that's probably half of it.
0: And then the other half is what Hold do we on. want to have when you talk about what you own, here's my big question. How many women sitting in that meeting have no idea what they own, have no idea where the money is, don't know which financial institution the accounts are at, wouldn't know logins and passwords if their life depended on it. And this, like, I see this all the time. I'm gonna get on a little soapbox for a minute. And this isn't just clients. This is also friends, associates, like so many women, they're like, I can go to the ATM and get $200 out. So I'm good. Like they literally don't even know what money they have or where it is. It's shocking to me. Shocking.
2: I completely agree in our house. I mean, big shocker. I'm kind of like the master of accounts that said we have like a spot where everything is located virtually. And, you know, we talk about that, but a lot of people don't. And I would say, It's, I thought about this number too. I think that women maybe are 50%, the one that doesn't know. And men are, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I, this whole concept of estate planning and getting their shit together is generated by the woman. Um, like, I don't know in Samantha and PJ's case who it was, but I felt like Samantha, we dealt with Samantha. Like she was ready. Samantha is the boss. Well, yeah. Samantha,
0: yeah, Samantha's the grown up in that relationship.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then the other half is the man. So I just, I don't know. I don't know why women don't know. So that's like my overarching umbrella. It's like, know what you own. And then yeah, it's amazing like, it?
1: how many women don't know. Like Stacy was saying, I mean, I have girlfriends. We may be speaking of the same people, Stacey. Perhaps that literally have no idea. And it's just like this like old fashioned, like fantasy life. And it's like, guys, this is 2021. And like you need to know where all the stuff is, ladies, because
0: Yeah, it's all it's all well and good until it's not well and good.
1: Or, or and you look at somebody, like my favorite, you know, housewife of Beverly Hills, Erica Jane, who is pleading like she had no idea about all these assets and things that were there not there whatever and it's like how do how do you as a grown up allow that to happen in your life I, I, that to me is i'm i'm completely like dumbfounded
2: yeah taking control of of things and and to the extent you can control assets i mean taking having knowledge of them the more you know the more you can plan the more you know unfortunately in this world uh, a lot of times Marriages are ending in divorce, and we just want to protect ourselves. Um, So yeah, so I, it all came back to that. It all came back to knowing what you own, so that we can form an effective plan, so that we can prepare for the worst. On um, you know, plan for the best, prepare for the worst. I don't know,
1: but it's also like, what happens when people? What do they always say? Like divorces makes people the worst, but when people die, like shit gets weird. People shit get weird with weird. money. People get weird. Like your family gets weird. Everything gets weird. And I'm sure you've seen some of the best behavior in your practice.
2: Even when there's like literally no money, like a family of six kids. Yeah, I had I had a really yucky feeling. Um, It was one of when I was super young and didn't want to say no to anything. And I took a case and it was like bananas. This woman had nothing, but she had six kids who it the prospect of inheriting like, you know, 50. Fifty thousand dollars a piece made them all psycho, Um, and it like ended up in a criminal court because there was evidence that one of the sisters was killing her mother, like slowly.
0: Come on. And I,
2: for money, well, yeah, and she was isolating the mom, getting her to sign documents that you know, and it it was a mess. When I got wind of all of this, and like it was clear like looking through police reports and all this stuff that there was like such funny business. I was, pre- I was like eight months pregnant with Amelie, my daughter. And so this was like six years, six years ago about, and I just bowed out of the case. It was like insane. It
0: feels uh, like a wait, what did, did she get, did she get found guilty?
2: It, they ended up not the family kind of like, it was up to them to press the charges and pursue it and they ended up not having money to pay attorneys so they just didn't do it and
0: oh my god
2: yeah
1: that's like literally a lifetime original.
2: thank you for sharing that moment with it was
0: us. That's, a, that's a solid dateline right there.
2: He was mixing stuff into her orange juice and then along no. the no. of the house so none of the kids or grandkids could visit their grandma. It was nuts. It was super nuts. So have you
0: ever
1: had to remove yourself from a case that like something like that, where you're just like, um, this is, this is not for me.
2: Uh, that case, exactly that case. Um, if that's the only one, I mean, sometimes stuff will get complicated and I will like just check my calendar. And if I have a lot going on, I'll refer out just for time and effort, um, that I just don't have to give. Uh, but usually I don't remove like that. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I think I think that was a good decision on your part. I'm just gonna say.
2: Yeah, I just it was like I'm gonna have this baby. I don't need all of this bananas bullshit in my life right now. I, I yeah, yeah, I yeah. Have-
1: that's when that's when you're like a grown up and you're like, you know what? There's not enough money that's worth this nonsense. So getting back to trust and how people are nervous about it and how people can really not need to be nervous about it anymore. You come Mm -hmm. in, you make your appointment, you basically, you know, get your plan together. And then from beginning to end, I mean, how quickly can you walk with a will and a trust and be, have that chapter of the book closed? Like how quickly?
2: Like my process from start to finish. Is that what you mean? Okay. So I meet with a client. I usually have drafts with, you know, a lot of times people know, like, all the information, a lot of times they need some time to think about it. So it's kind of a teamwork process. I draft, I try to draft within a week of getting the information I need and getting those drafts to the client. So then that starts kind of this like double review process where the client reviews it, comes back with changes or questions, a lot of questions usually. Um, I walk them through it, we make edits and I've had it done very, very quickly. I've had some estate plans I've started years ago and check in every now and again with clients and the, and who knows, maybe they've changed again. Maybe they went a different direction, but you never know. So it can be a couple of weeks. It could be
0: years. <laughs> when they, when they show up for that initial consulta- consultation or when they, when you're collecting information, like what, kind, what do they need to provide? Like if you're going to be fully prepared, walking into Allie's <laughs> office, what are you bringing with you? So you're going to
2: give me a list of your assets. You're going to give me, we're going to talk about the roles that you need to select. So for a trust, uh, you need to select a trustee. This is a person who will be in charge of administering your estate after you are gone. Is
0: that Uh, different than an executor?
2: An executor is the same person, but for a will.
0: Okay. So
2: uh, earlier you had mentioned, you know, the, A will versus a trust or having a trust, but not a will. So there's a common misconception that you can have a will or a trust and really under the law, you can have a will or a will and a trust. So the will and the trust kind of work together. Um, and so generally the executor and the trustee are the same person.
0: Got it. Uh,
2: these, these people are, you know, administering the assets and they're handling what happens to your kids and, not to be confused with a guardian, the guardian takes physical control of your children, um, but the trustee is administering money to the kids or not, or keeping it in trust and just making sure they have what they need until they're a little bit older and things like that. So you can, so they're, understand- a,
0: they're kind of the gatekeeper of everything.
2: Right. So we didn't
1: really talk about like what, what a will is and what a trust is and why you would want to trust. I mean, we've talked about what happens when you don't have it, but why, you know, like, is it a liability issue? Is it a roadmap? Like what's, what's the breakdown for, for those that don't know?
2: All right. So a will is, you can think of it as like a two-party document. You have the creator of the will and you have the beneficiaries. Uh, another thing that happens in the will is that's where you would name a guardian. So that's just kind of a side note for minor children. You would name a guardian in your will. with a trust. It's actually more like a three-party document. So you have the creator of the trust called the settler or the trust and they, and then you have your beneficiaries, but you have this third-party trustee. And so the difference is that this third-party trustee is held to a. Fiduciary standard under the law, so that if things, if there's ever, ever any funny business, the beneficiaries beneficiaries can actually, you know, come legally after the trustee. Um, with a will, you don't have that, and so that's why with a will, it has to go through the court system. The court has to supervise that process. With a trust, you have this third party trustee who's giving who, who's held to this fiduciary standard and has responsibilities has powers has duties has to provide things if ever asked so so that's the difference trust will get keep you out of probate a will on its own will not
0: what and the person that you're selecting as the trustee and or executor um do you need to tell them in advance or I think maybe, you my advice that's, that's would probably be to tell them are, have you ever have you ever had to contact a trustee who was like
2: surprise. Yes, generally speaking, I work a lot with couples. So the first spouse that passes away, the second spouse is the first is the first trustee. Like they're the they're the person that is unless they die to- in a
0: plane crash together.
2: Exactly, exactly. So I was going to say mo- most of the time there's kind of this chain of command and when the first pa- spouse passes away, the second spouse starts to like think about this and notify people and say like we selected you if we haven't already told you here's what you're going to be doing um but yeah the plane crash situation i always tell people it's better to tell the the trustee especially if it's a child or a friend because you want them to be prepared you know
1: just like obtw
2: yeah no big deal no big so
1: deal. what about when you put your properties in trust do you then protect your personal liability Like, how does that work? Like if a property is in trust and let's say you get sued as a person, are you protecting yourself with an extra layer or does that, it's not like the corporate veil or is it just a-
2: Nope, it's not like that. Um, That would be more like LLC corporate stuff. The trust is actually, especially when we're talking about revocable living trust, it's so closely tied to you. uh, You are the acting trustee for your life. So there's really no protection that way. There's also not a tax benefit at the outset. Um, Some planning, especially some more kind of complex tax planning do have tax protection, but that, you know, doesn't happen with a revocable living trust, which is what we've been talking about this whole time.
1: (laughs) What is the wildest ass crazy shit thing someone's put into their trust?
0: Or left out of their trust.
1: Or left
2: out.
0: <laughs>
2: I've had a couple clients who go above and beyond to write in provisions for taking care of pets, which I am a pet lover, nothing against pets, but you know, to require a trustee to do these things for your animal. I mean, it's just wild. It's really wild, but it's meaningful to people. And like I said, we're our goal is to try to honor a person's wishes. So there's that. That always strikes me as odd for some reason. Like,
0: like, like if you get my dog, you have to let him sleep on the bed forever and ever. Like that sort of thing.
2: Stuff like that. But like, I don't draft that. If people want to like write a letter and put that in their portfolio, they're welcome to do that. I don't draft that kind of stuff. I just like keep it, try to keep it like legal. <laughs> <laughs> or
1: what about like when the people die and they like, they have all the money in the world and then they leave it to
0: you know, some yes. charity or some, my, yeah. kid, my kid gets $10,000 and this charity gets my other 10 million.
2: Oh yeah. And it's, it's like, I, t- I try to step away from that. Cause to me, that seems like litigation, right? So I oh, don't, sure. I don't want to be, I don't want to be brought in for a deposition or anything like that for ba- for what someone might argue is crappy drafting. Like, I don't want to do that. And, but like, People are welcome to do that. You can do whatever you
0: want. It's just how much am I willing to take on? <laughs> how about kids versus fourth spouse? Like, have you seen that come up?
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, blended families. Is that what you mean? Like
0: I yeah, think- like when, uh, you know, when, uh, when he's on his fourth wife and he leaves everything to her and his adult children get nothing and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah,
2: and they'll... <laughs> They'll probably hire a lawyer and try to fight it but unfortunately as long as he was in a sound mind frame um it's it's ugly it can get super ugly it's super how ugly did, and
0: how, do you, how did people know that they were in a sound mind frame when they wrote that well like that's is that the notary's job is that the attorney's job that's the attorney's job the
2: notary just verifies identity so if there's ever a question of someone's mental state what I'll do is get a certificate of independent review. So I'll have another attorney talk to the client and just ask some questions and make sure that they have a sound mental state and testamentary capacity. So in order to have that capacity, you need to know what you own. You need to, again, there we go. Knowing what you own, you need to, you able, yeah, you kind of need to be able to talk about your property and know the relationships of the beneficiaries that you're giving to things like that, you know? So, so there is a process, uh, people will challenge it though. And even when there's no question that someone had a sign was of sound mind, people will challenge if they feel like they're being slighted. Isn't that crazy?
1: I think, I think when people die and like the stuff that comes out of the woodwork and the behaviors that the errors, I mean, I've even seen it in my own family. It's, It's like, what the hell guys like, this is insane. Like, yeah. you're, And many times you're, you're not talking about that much money. That's the worst part. I mean, it's, it's money, but it's not, you know, millions and millions of dollars. It's, you know, less than 10 or you know $20,000 and people are just like willing to like lose their family relationships over. It's nuts.
2: It's crazy. It really sucks. It really sucks. I just, I don't like it. So I, started to do estate planning for myriad of reasons but one of the main ones is to try to prevent those types of family feuds. It's so much easier when you can point to a document document and be like here's what mom and dad wanted versus I'm not sure let's all fight.
0: Yeah, that sucks. Um let me ask a question that applies to 50% of the world. Well, actually 15% of the 50, the 15% that actually do it estate planning. Um in my world, that's what I say. Uh, Okay, so you're, you're married, you have young kids, you do a trust, you do a will, you have it in a binder on a shelf, and then you get divorced. So, uh, okay, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna come from the wife's chair. Uh, What is what does a woman do at that point relative to she's got this trust and will? How do we? what what does she have to do to fix it?
2: So what we would do is we would, I work with clients after divorce. Um, I always need to see a copy of the divorce decree because that kind of dictates what assets she owns and what assets he, own, he owns. Um, there's agreements that can be had. Uh, and that's up to Fatima because I don't do family law. <laughs>
1: That's our girl. She That's our
2: girl. <laughs> we we need to get her on here next time. You do. Yeah. She's awesome. Um, so you can take assets out of that old trust that they created as a couple and you create her a brand new trust. You create her a brand new trust so it focuses on her what she what she owns, what she where she wants it to go, who her people are. Um, and, and yeah, I've done that a a bunch of times, unfortunately recently, uh, to create a solid plan for the woman. And actually I do find that when I meet with women who are going through or have recently gone through divorce, it's a great opportunity for them to like, really like, as if they don't have enough to deal with, but to really get to know their financial picture and their estate plan goals. Uh, so if they hadn't already thought that way, those conversations are sometimes a lot longer than my consults for uh, husband, wife or a couple um, because they're really going through it and they're thinking about things and things have obviously just changed so recently. So I love those conversations if you can find something beautiful from divorce. I do think it's it's becoming more knowledgeable about
0: kind of I feel like that's a step that a lot of people miss.
2: I do too. And it's super important because if you let those old documents control and assets are left held by that old trust, a lot of stuff could go to your ex-spouse or his children from a different marriage, you know, and that's just yucky. You don't want to do that. You may not want that. may <laughs> not. So, Ellie, you have
1: broken down so many barriers for us today, breaking uh, it down for us. Where do people find you if they have some more questions?
2: I think email is my best bet. I haven't even told you this yet, but we are opening a new office in Sausalito, Um, Absolutely. So I can get you all that information. We're looking at December for that. But my email, it's ally at etchlawgroup.com. Um, I am very good by email. Of course, people can call as well, but that's
0: probably the best way to go. That's fantastic. Congratulations on the new office.
1: Expansion, girl, Expansion. Um, so we will post, uh, your email and also your website in our show notes for those that need a little bit more, and maybe it's time for you to, to know what you own and get it down on paper. We wanted to say thank you to you, Allie, for joining us on this chilly rainy Monday with your power lip and for the rest of you out there, go out there and be inspired this week. Thanks for joining